as we kind of kick off the Christmas month, you know, I feel like it's turned into from a day to like maybe a week to maybe a couple of days to a month. And uh, we're going to have a look at, at a story this morning and I was thinking about Christmas and, and what it might look like to, to kind of for us to, to frame at the beginning uh, of this month, the beginning of the Christmas time, uh, what, what God might uh, say to us. And I wanted to look uh, this morning at the, the story of the shepherds. Has anyone heard of the story of the shepherds before? couple of us. Yeah, we'll see, you know, uh, judging by the response, maybe not too far off, someone uh, who will remain nameless, uh, a nice young youth pastor here at the Merrill campus of True North Church, asked me what I was preaching on. I said, oh, I'm looking at the story of the shepherds. And he's like, oh yeah, that's those, uh, those, those three guys that bought gifts to Jesus, right? Uh, I was like, no, that's the wise men, but that's okay. Really, he was just trying to trip me up, so it's a bit of a stitch up in return. But we are looking at uh, the story of the shepherds and, and something that may, uh, a story you may likely have heard before but just want to have a look at what this would say to us uh, today. And so we'll start in, in Luke chapter two, and it says uh, this. It says, that, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their, their sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And let's just paint the picture of this for a moment. You got shepherds, they're in the field, probably not a great deal of like floodlights lighting up that park. So they're probably looking after their sheep in the dark and they're hanging out and suddenly an angel like pops out of the sky. Now, firstly, I feel sorry for the angel, right? Like every time an angel appears, someone's scared. Like they freak out. The first thing they have to do is reassure uh, that those group of people or the shepherds in this case, that they're not gonna die, uh, that the angel's not there to get them. But actually he declares that he's there to bring good news. And so these guys are hanging out. Immediately they're freaked out. I was outside packing some stuff. I was looking for some lost property in the dark on the oval last night after the movies. And I was like thinking, imagine an angel that popped out of the sky now, like I would be freaking out. So they're in this spot, they're freaking out. The angel says to them, don't be afraid. I'm not here to, to scare you. I'm not here to get you. What I am here to do is actually bring you great news. That, that there is a, a, a savior that has been born. The Messiah that the people were waiting for, he tells them has been born. And this is actually good news. Good news that is gonna bring joy to all people. And the, what I want to start and pull out of this is that those words, all people, that when we look at this, we recognize that Christmas, the Christmas story is for everyone. And that might seem pretty obvious, like Christmas is for everyone. There's two public holidays. Didn't you know that? Uh, you know, yes, but not the celebration of just Christmas, but the Christmas story, the story of Jesus, the story of the Messiah is for all people. You know, the, the shepherds were, uh, you know, a class of people who weren't necessarily the most popular. They, they weren't like, I, I don't know if you could believe this or not, but they're like the blue collar people of society. They weren't the most reliable, the most considered the most necessarily trustworthy, not the most upper class. But yet God chooses to send an angel to them. They are among the first people to find out about the birth of Jesus. And I believe this is powerful for us because we realize that it's not a club for the select few. It's not just for those that, come to church. It's not just for those who, who God deems worthy enough to receive the message of Jesus. It's for all people. I don't know about you, but often I find myself in a situation where someone might find out that I'm a, a Christian or I go to church or that I believe in Jesus. And immediately I begin to kind of 
you know, like a little bit like a robot, begin to like go the pros and cons of what happens if they find out about this. Like, you know, oh, they're my barber. I only see them once every four weeks. It's probably all right if they find that out, you know. Uh, you know, oh, that, that person, they might be open to kind of hearing about Jesus. I definitely want to tell them. That person might think I'm crazy, so I, I don't want them to know. Or that person, yeah, I reckon they might, uh, you know, be, be up for this Jesus thing, but oh, I don't think they would be. They're a bit, they're, they seem a bit closed off. But what I realize is that that's me kind of making a decision based on what I think Jesus wants to do in someone's life. Not seeing it the way he sees it. Because this story says that it, it will bring joy to all men. That the savior for all men has come. I was a chaplain in a, in a local high school for, for many years and, and I cleared this story before so it's okay, but I had this really annoying student by the name of Charlie Matusik. Some of you might know him. And uh, he, 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 he as a kid would just, he, he's a great kid, but he'd go out of his way to kind of wind me up. That, I think that's what he thought his job at school was. It was education, but he thought it was winding up the chaplain. So he, he spent, you know, I was on outdoor ed camps with him, all these things. And, you know, I, in my head, I was like, oh, I've invited, you know, Charlie to youth before and he's, he's not going to come. And, you know, he hadn't, and kind of, he finished school, and kind of, we went our separate ways, uh, and it would have been like a year or two later, we were doing something as youth ministry, where we'd made some music, and uh, we were doing like an EP launch, and you know, along with sharing kind of what I had for lunch and dinner, I also put it on my social media that we were doing this thing, and uh, I get this message, and it pops up from like, Charlie Matusik, I'm like, what is that? And he's like, hey man, I just saw you doing this music thing as a church, I love music, do you think it would be all right if I came? And I immediately was like, you're that kid? No, nah, just kidding. I didn't really, I was like, yeah, you're more than welcome. Come along, it starts at 6.30. It costs two bucks. If you don't have it, I'll pay for you. And, and he came and he hung out and that began the journey for Charlie of finding Jesus and Jesus changing his life. If you, uh, you know, go a, f- a little bit further forward, he gets baptized. Now he's serving in church. He's telling other people about Jesus. He's building the kingdom of God because of a social media post, really. But a kid that I thought, you know, in school and, and done all this stuff and kind of in my head had gone, well, that's not for him. But really it was. It just took the right thing to grab his attention at the right moment to point him towards Jesus. And I love that you can look at the hardest person, you can look at the person that you think will never kind of cross that line, but it's good news for all men. And this Christmas season, more than any other, I believe people are searching, people are looking, people are open to the message of Jesus. Because deep down, I believe that every one of us knows that Christmas is about Jesus. And so people are open to hearing about it because they, even if they're just grateful that they get two days off because of Jesus, they're, they're open to kind of hearing about that. And I think when we realize that Christmas is for all people and all men, this good news, I know that I want to be a carrier of that. I don't want to look at people and go, it's for some and not for others, or maybe it's for you, or I'm, I'm scared to share that with you, but... I want everything I do to be able to radiate the message of who Jesus is and what I put my life into to be about who Jesus is and allowing others to receive the same gift of joy and hope that I received because of who he is and what he's done in my life. That God would choose to send his son at Christmas as a gift to us to bring hope and peace, joy and salvation. And that's not just for a few, but that is for everyone. You know, this, this story continues and it says, Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. You know, the reality is that 
this time of the year is about bringing glory to God. The, the Christmas season is, is about so many good things. But you know, the best thing is about, it is, is about bringing glory to God. I love that this message comes out from this angel and then suddenly like this massive amount of like angels and people come and they're just declaring glory to God. And peace to, to mankind, peace to those who God is pleased with. You know, the Bible talks about how do, we, how do we please God? It's not through being perfect. It's not through doing his work. It's not through anything that we can generate ourselves, which sometimes can feel incredibly crippling because you, you want to do something to, to please God. But God talks about in the Bible, it's, it's about our faith. It's about our belief in him. It's about our love for him. And that's it. That's what pleases God. And at this time of the year, with so many different things going on, so many things front and center, I believe it's our call and our mandate to glorify God. A.W. Tozer says this, he says, we must never rest until everything inside us worships God. Never rest until everything inside us worships God. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things going on inside of me all the time. And not all of those things are worshiping God. But I think about that powerful statement of what are the things that I need to leave behind? What is it that I should be focusing on that is bringing glory to God? And that's what I want to be about. That I wouldn't rest, that I wouldn't be satisfied, that I wouldn't be happy until all of me is about giving glory to God. And I believe that's a journey, that's a process, it's not something you just nail straight away and everything is about glorifying God. But that's the way we should be aiming to live out our lives. Continues here and says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in a manger. You know, the shepherds get this picture of, here's a sign, there's gonna be a baby wrapped in cloth. I feel like all babies when they're born are wrapped in cloth. It's like the first thing they do. They you know, get them, they like, put them in cloth. Here you go, it's a baby. But I reckon there's only one that would have been lying in a manger. And so the mission was on for the shepherds. If they wanted to go and find this Messiah that the angel had told him about, is they had to go and seek after the baby lying in the manger. And they did. And you know, I believe that if we want to be about glorifying God, if that's what we want, we want, we want to glorify God with who we are. We want to see others Come to know him. We want to see the Christmas message extend to everyone. And we want to be about glorifying God. We've got to seek him. They did this. And, and, and what I love is there's actually this picture of that they didn't just kind of do it, uh, you know, in their own time. Like they immediately, there's all these languages that says they hurried, they, they urgently, they went and they seeked to find this baby in a manger. They made it important. You know, I, I believe this, this battle to, to seek after God is, is, is exactly that. It's a battle. Let's think about Christmas time. You know, in our church, every weekend almost across our church, there's something happening. Carols events, movie nights, markets. There's three nights of carols, thousands of people. All these things to do. All these things to do at home. All, all, the, all the family that we've got to see that we only see once a year. All the presents that we've got to buy. All the, all the, all the lunch we've got to prepare. All the getting everything right. I have a, a, a three-year-old boy, and if you ask him what Christmas is about, the first thing he'll probably say is presents. The second thing will be like Santa and decorations. He seems to love that. The third thing will be like Elf on a Shelf. We call him Snitch. He loves that. 
And eventually, if I keep probing him, there's probably not much left. And then I'm like, what about Jesus? He's like, oh, yeah, Jesus. It's his birthday. We're so programmed and wired to seek after all this stuff that is thrown at us of what Christmas is about. Now, I don't want my kid to be that, that kid that's at school and they're like, oh, Christmas is about presents. He's like, no, it's about Jesus. Like, it's not about that. I tell him we have presents because of Jesus. But we've got to remember that he comes first and we have to seek him first. All the running around, you know, like I reckon I wash my aggregate at home like once a year. It's Christmas time. Everyone's coming over. Got to clean up the house. Got to make it look good. Then I got to think about that family that I only see once a year and sometimes it's a bit awkward and so you got to prepare for that. Everyone, you know, in my case, it's an uncle. But, you know, there's always someone. You're like, hey, haven't seen you since last year. How are you? You know. But there's all these things that we've got to do and that go on that require attention. The battle is, is to put it on Jesus. When I wake up in the morning, there's a battle to go, do I just check social media and see what's happened while everyone else was asleep, while I was also asleep? What could there be to see? We're all asleep. Maybe check a quicker Instagram post from the NBA so I can find out that news before everyone else. Or is it more urgent that I just open that little app on my phone and maybe read the verse of the day for 30 seconds? Or maybe for you morning people, you could take more than 30 seconds. I don't normally comprehend too much, so 30 seconds is about as good as it gets in the morning. But then at night when I come home, do I take an opportunity to go, I'm going to take some time to focus on God. I've got some downtime in my car. What am I going to spend my time listening to? Should I, should I listen to something that's going to help me honor and glorify God, that's going to help draw my attention and my focus onto Him? Or do I listen to something else that's just going to take my attention off to what sales are in the shops? And it's not about not watching Netflix and not having social media. I have all those things. But the battle for me constantly is where do I urgently seek? You know, I think about the week, uh, you know, that I have each week and the things that I have to get done. You know, the, the things that I often get done are the things that make the most noise. But they're not always the most important. They might be the most important to someone else and so they make lots of noise about it, so I go and do it. Or it might be heaps of people will notice if this doesn't get done, so I'm going to do it. But it doesn't make it the most urgent or important thing in my week. It only becomes that because I let it. And there are all of these things that are going to fight for our attention. All of these things that we can, in this scenario, make Christmas and life about. Or we can go, what do I urgently need to seek? What's the most important thing? What comes first and everything else comes second? There's this urgency about what they do to seek out Jesus, to go and find the baby in a manger, the story of the good news that's going to bring joy to all men. Who knows what happened to their sheep in that time? They just left them there, ran off, dodged their responsibilities. They probably did. But they went and they urgently went to find this Savior, this Jesus. And I believe that we need to have the same urgency in the way that we seek Him in our daily life. This uh, continues here and it says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the story, the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. You know, the shepherds didn't just kind of go find Jesus, seek after him, and then kind of stay and, and hang out like guests that have 
outstayed their welcome. They went there, they encountered the story that the angel had told them. They found it was exactly as it was laid out before them. They had this encounter with Jesus. But you know what's interesting is they went back to their sheep. They went back to what they were doing. They went back to their responsibilities. They went about their daily life just as they, they were before, but yet something was different. They had a story to tell about an encounter that they'd had. And one of the things, you know, I find in my own life is that these kind of scenarios where we get together and we worship God, or maybe there's a conference or, you know, growing up there was a youth camp and, you know, as a youth pastor, kids always used to say, can we not just stay here forever? And I'm like, it's been four days, go back to your parents. There's no way I want to stay here forever. I'm tired, you know. But even like our youth leaders would be like, this is the best. Could we not just stay in this environment forever? And, and I believe that that's a little picture of what maybe heaven will be like, is that we're going to be able to just be in worship, glorifying God. Like the best worship experience that we could have over and over again. But right now there's this call that we can have those experiences. And I love Sunday worship. I love conferences. I love times where we get to gather together as the people of God and seek after Him and worship Him. And this morning is one of those great opportunities. But there's this picture of it doesn't stay in the room. They didn't just hang out there. They didn't stay there. They didn't just hang on to that and end there. They went back to their flocks and began to tell people <clears throat> about what they'd seen, about the, the Jesus, the Messiah, the message. And I think about that for a second and go, can you imagine telling that story? Well, well just tell it from the beginning. Oh, well, we're watching our sheep in the paddock and like an angel just dropped out of the sky and kind of told us this message about, like, if that was my friend, I'd be like, bro, you've been spending way too much time with the sheep. <laughs> like, that's got to be like a mirage or something. Are you crazy? But they tell the story anyway. And they're telling it, and it says, all the people who heard the story were astonished. They were amazed at what they heard. The story of this good news of the Messiah, who's going to come and bring joy and hope and peace to all men. The message translation puts it this way. It says, Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. The shepherders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. And I don't know about you, but I kind of get the sense that it's time for us as a church, maybe it's time for the people of God to, to let loose a little bit in, in their faith, to let loose a little bit in the, in the way that we glorify our God. There's not something we would hold tightly and restricted and quiet. But actually like these guys, I, I just love that picture of them going back and they just let loose, praising God firstly, glorifying God, but then telling everyone of this good news and this good story and the impact that it made. I think about the people I know in my world that don't know Jesus. And I think about what their lives are, are like. I think about those of us who do know Jesus and, and kind of what our lives can be like at this time of the year. The financial stress, the pressure of family. Will it be enough what I have this Christmas? I need to maybe keep up appearances. I got all these things I got to get to, go to and be about. And I think about what the story and the message of Christmas is about, and it's joy and peace and hope. It doesn't look like anxiety and worry and trying to be something that we're not. And I think for, for us, when we have that encounter with Jesus, it does something inside of us. 
I don't know about you, when the presence of God is here, and the, the team have already led so well today, and in, in our first service, we had this time of worship afterwards, and it, and it was incredible, and I think there is something about when we allow God to take the things going on inside of us, the things that we're all caught up in, the things that we're focused on, and, and put it to one side, and glorify and honor Him, and allow His presence to work inside of us, what that does for us as God's people. That when we have an encounter with Him, it should do something in us. That when we leave here, He is able to do something through us. That is what the Christmas story is about. That there is a Savior. That there is a God that loves us so much that He sent His Son so that we could have relationship with Him. That we can have peace and joy and I think about the thousands of people that are going to have the opportunity to attend these Christmas events. That we get the opportunity to sing these songs that are about glorifying God. And tell them a great message of Christmas. And the impact and the difference that they can make in their lives. But then I think about the thousands of people that won't be there. But the thousands of people that are in our workplaces, that are our friends, that are our family, that are in our street. That are in the shopping centers. That are caught up in this... Christmas message that doesn't bring them great joy, hope, and peace. And that we could carry that on the inside of us. That as God does something in us and we begin to be able to talk about it, as we encounter Jesus and we realize that for us it's brung great peace and hope and joy, that people would see that and they would want something different. Not that we'd have to go and tell them, hey, don't you know what Christmas is about, eh? But actually, they would see what he is doing on the inside of us. And that they would look at that and go, oh, what is that? I need some of that. And it's not that all these other things are bad. But I don't think they're great when they take the spot of where Jesus should be. And so we're going to have an opportunity this morning. I'm going to invite the team back up to join us. To spend some time worshipping Him. To have an encounter with Jesus. To glorify His name. I love that picture of the angels. It says it's like an army. And they're there and they're just singing glory to God because he's worthy of our praise. He doesn't have to do anything to be worthy of our praise. He's just worthy of it. But I believe as we make him bigger, we make other things smaller. And as we focus our attention on him, maybe today there's some things that you need to leave here today. Maybe you've walked in here with a, a great sense of anxiety or worry. And he wants to fill your life with peace and hope and joy. Because that's the kind of Jesus that he is. And my heart would be as we all have that kind of encounter, if something happens on the inside of who we are and we sing glory to God, that as we tell other people of His goodness, as we show other people of what He has done in us, that like it says in this story, they would be amazed by what they hear. And my heart would be that come January, there are a bunch of people that because of the Christmas story, the story of salvation and joy and hope for all men, that there would be more people who have encountered who He is, that have had a difference made in their lives. And the reality is there's a great opportunity for each one of us to be able to see that story in someone else's life because of what He does in and through us. I'd like to pray for us and we're gonna, we're gonna sing uh, some, some songs to God. Why don't we stand? God, we thank You that You love each one of us, that Christmas this incredible time when we remember what it is, it's that you sent your son as a baby to come and be here, the Savior, the Messiah. The thing that all of us are waiting for, 
thing that we all need to bring peace and salvation to all men. And so God, in these moments, it's our honor and it's our privilege to be able to sing these songs to you, to, to worship you, to glorify your name. And God, we pray that as we do that, we would encounter you, that we would meet with you. God, I pray for, for people here, Lord, that need an experience of your, your hope, your love, your peace, your joy in their life. You know each person here better than they know themselves, God. You know their situations, you know their circumstances. And so God, I pray that you would move amongst us right now. Lord, I pray that you would uh, place the names of people that we could impact with this great story on our hearts this morning. That when we leave here, there would be a hunger to see other people experience the same thing that we've got to. So God, we praise you and we honor you. You know, we're about to sing this great song. It's, it's called Leave Me Astounded. I love this song because it paints this picture of what happens when we glorify our great God. That when we throw our praises up to Him and we focus on who He is, that He chooses to come and meet with us. And as I just prayed, He knows each one of you. He knows your situation. He knows your circumstance. He knows what you need. But you know what we need to do in this moment is give Him our attention and focus on who He is and glorify Him, not because of our circumstance and situations, but because of who He is. And I believe as we do that this morning, He will come and meet with us in a powerful way. And so if you need to put something to one side, if you need Him to heal something in your heart, I'd encourage you to ask Him to do that. But as we sing these words, crying out for the glory of God to come and amaze us, why can't He do that right here, right now in this moment? You know, when God's people are hungry to see Him move, He comes and He moves. And so I'd encourage you this morning as the team lead us to engage with these songs, to glorify our great God, to open up your hearts, to allow Him to work in you this morning. That the message of joy, hope and peace would flow through you. Can we sing, can we lift our voices to Him this morning and worship Him? Thank you, God.